How's it going, everybody? That's right. If you can hear my voice, it is another magical episode of the Coven Podcast, where we take all things geeky, girl, feminism, just put it in the cauldron, mix it all together, and here's what you get. And this is especially magical episode of the Coven because we are talking about magic at its finest in the harry potter series and where the harry potter series as it expanded to uh after our beloved books Mm -hmm. into uh the movie that's coming out this weekend uh and into pottermore which Mm -hmm. i always mean to get on there i got sorted and like after that i was like okay i know what i want to know now i got sorted and then i was just like eh I know I'm a really? Have you not found out your Patronus yet? Nope. <gasps> no. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know if I want to reveal mine. I'm pretty oh. proud of mine. Okay. You what can't. is it? Th- 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 that can be part of your part uh, of introduction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll uh, <laughs> I am your Slytherin host, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Daily Wilhelm joined me today is the lovely Cora Wilson, your Druid of Decibels, and your resident Hufflepuff. Hey. And uh, also, I am your sorceress of the sound waves, Sarah James, <gasps> a fellow Slytherin to Miss Daly. And also, my Patronus is a Thestral, which I am Dang, so happy about. So cool. It's like super rare Patronus, but, and I'm not sure exactly what it says about me as a person, but I'm really proud of it. Mm. No, be proud. Also, yeah, I didn't know that, that was an that option. That name of yours. Mm. Yeah, Thank you. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. I came up with it on the last podcast I was on. Yes. yes, which you should be sure to listen to here at ByPSU.com. Already yeah. into the plugs. Shameless plugs. Shameless plug, plug, plug. plugs. So, uh, Pottermore, uh, if you aren't familiar, essentially is just kind of a de- like interactive depositing ground for more tidbits about the Harry Potter universe that J.K. Rowling comes up with. Um, you get everything from like more in-depth detail about Draco Malfoy, which I like super appreciate, or uh, what happened to Dudley, or mm. uh, what happens across the pond in America when it comes to magic, which is the centerpiece of our Thanksgiving feast of podcast topics tonight. I'm really pushing the puns, guys. Uh, <laughs> are I think you? at this point, I just need I need some good puns. So thank yeah. you, Daily. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. what I need right now. All the puns. Uh, so oh, across the pond here in America, mm-hmm. we do have our very own magical school. Uh, it is very much reflection of Hogwarts in mm-hmm. that it has a weird name and it even has houses. Uh, it's called four of them. <laughs> yeah, four of them. Ooh. It's called uh, Ilvermorny, and it's uh, founded by uh, someone who is part of the Gaunt family line which is all the way back to Salazar Slytherin. So again, Slytherin represent evil. Yeah, obviously this is just going to be an entirely evil school because it has some kind of relation to relation Salazar to Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, of no, because all, Sal- all all Slytherins are evil and awful. Apparently, yeah. I mean, this is the evil and awful podcast. Hashtag not all Slytherins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not all Slytherins. <laughs> that's how I'm going to post this. Slytherin pride, man. <laughs> but uh, so. And the school was founded by an Irish lass named uh, Assault Sayer. Am I saying the word? I believe right? so. Yeah. Assault. Assault. I think it's an interesting name. Yeah, and she she had some. She came over on the Mayflower to be specific. So if that gives you any idea of like the time and date of when she came over, but uh, wizards have longer lifespans than Muggles as. It generally can be assumed. I mean, look at Dumbledore before we lost him. Oh, Spoiler no. alert, Snape kills Dumbledore. 
Uh, if you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you're kind of you're kind of behind. I I knew that like before I even read Half Blood Prince, and yeah. I had someone already told me. So if you don't know that by now, like Dumbledore catch up. died, it was Snape. Don't cry about it. <laughs> don't cry about it. It's <laughs> been out there for years and years. So uh, yeah, she founded. Um, Ilvermorny because she grew up on Tales of Hogwarts and naturally uh, we needed some kind of organization in America because at that point there wasn't a school established and uh, there weren't a lot of white people established in America because uh, what we can gather from what uh, J.K. Rowling has written essentially uh Magic wasn't organized until white people came around. It was uh, the native peoples did a lot of like plant and earth based magic. So, like uh, druidy stuff. Yeah, druidy stuff. Our hey. resident druid. Hey. <laughs> um, and, but they were also able to do wandless magic, which we've always been told is a mark yeah, of was, someone very powerful. Yeah, yeah. for the majority of, of Harry Potter, it was kind of thought to not be possible. And as far, I got the message that yeah, like if you could do wandless magic, you you were, you you had some big guns. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were you were yeah. good mm-hmm. at what you did. You didn't need the guns. I think I think <laughs> Dumbledore was guns. like the only character in Harry Potter that was capable of wandless magic. Maybe yeah. Voldemort as well. But I'm yeah, not sure. I think because I, I think um, an instance of wandless magic was when uh, he escaped his office. I mean, it's a movie reference I'm talking about. When he, but when he escaped the office and the phoenix like went over him and he clapped yeah. his hands and was like, "Bye, bitch." Operated with all his wands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, it's okay. It's the the best movie exit maybe ever. Yeah, you have to admit he's got uh, style. He's got style. <laughs> yeah. He's got style. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if. The history of North American magic has a lot of style. It feels kind of like very heavy-handedly rewriting history to center around, like, Assault, which I like Assault as a character from the little bits that I've gotten. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's kind of like rewriting American history to center around this one girl's story. Oh, I think she just hasn't. J.K. Rowling didn't really... Because that's a lot of American history that you have to sift through um to really write this story and fo- mm-hmm. and it's hard to focus on just one Irish girl and without maybe somewhat rewriting some of that history yeah. and like you like obviously you can't put this girl in every major uh, historical thing that happened throughout America and I it, I mean it's just really hard I feel like for railing to do yeah and I, I feel like I mean it's kind of to an extent uh, rewriting American history, but also I feel like it's assault is a is a solid representation of yeah. like colonialism just in general. I mean, she's like, just white European. She, yeah, she's a Irish girl who who makes her way to America to escape, uh, you know, the control of mm. her aunt, um, and you know she organizes takes. Um, what she knows. What she knows mixes it with what she learns from the natives yep. and uh, kind of takes control of the situation to to start her own school. Um, as so, far yeah. as I know, like she did, she didn't actively look at natives and be like, "So the way you do magic is wrong." Yeah. Um, I I like that uh, from the history that I was 
told earlier that she you know talks to them and is like so how do what it was do? kind yeah. of kind of a, a swapping of information but i'm not i feel like it i'm was not entirely sure yeah like that, i'm not entirely sure how uh because she she and her husband i believe come up with a way to to make wands mm-hmm. um, right which is seen as as the norm in mm. the wizarding world um, so to have have Native Americans who are capable of wandless magic that was seen as as abnormal, yeah. Um, and Assault and her husband come up with ways to make wands. I think with help of the Horned Serpent, they figure that out. Um, and then that's just implemented. That all of a sudden becomes the the way of the land for for the foundations of magic in North America. And I feel like she didn't really force that upon Native peoples. I feel like it was after her, really, like, gen- like mm-hmm. the, the generations of wizards after her, you know, as the, as colonial people did, you know, to actual Native American people. It didn't really start getting bad until the East Coast filled up, and then they were like, well, we better go west. And Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, oh there's be- people here already. Oh, you well, can well. move. You <laughs> yeah. can move west. Yeah. And then, of course, they get all the way to the west coast, and they're like, oh, well. Manifest destiny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love that. But I think it says a lot, though, that an entire uh, populace of people can just do wandless magic easy oh yeah and for that i'd love to, to know more normal. about that yeah but yeah. that's not on pottermore yeah that was instead the... we get assault's history and her story i'm like nah teach me what what do the native americans learn on their own without yeah, any like, formal training how did they figure out how to do wandless magic when the white people on the other side of the pond can't yeah even can't do, do magic that at all without wands like, yeah. questions yeah that was the thing is that when uh it was hinted at that she was going to address you know other parts of the world aside from mm-hmm. uh you know britain and europe as a whole um i was like oh this could be a really interesting exploration of native american magic because there's already like that history that's part of the uh tradition and it's not seen as just like a like mystical mythical thing it's like this is actually part of our history that we address magic Mm -hmm. um and i was really excited to see like that be the main focus Mm -hmm. instead of like white people coming over and becoming the focus because there's not any named native characters Mm -hmm. at all in the history of North American magic except for a Pukwudgie which Which isn't isn't even even human. human. It's a it's a mythical creature. And I just feel like uh, there could have been like such an interesting story behind a Native American magic school. Like uh, and uh, definitely a conflict heavy sort more more so story. But that would be more um, fun to read than oh well, white oh, people yeah. came over and es- established. Like a... you could you could still have assault as a character. Yeah. But have the the fact that that the the establishment of what is recognized as magic in North America and where, you know, over history where that grew to mm-hmm. the point where uh, it is for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, like, that was all all built upon by Assault completely negating the, mm-hmm. the history. The actual, like, there's previous history of magic in North America. The history doesn't just start with her. Right. Yeah. There's stuff before her I just, that's just barely touched on. I just feel like, because, you know, we're pretty 
when you look at America and you look at Britain, we're kind of swapped in how we do things. So, mm. like, what's normal for us here might is sometimes not really normal over here. So, like, that would be such a fun story to read of, well, it's normal in America to do wandless magic. Mm-hmm. If you use a wand, then you're not that great at magic because you have yeah, to have a conduit. But meanwhile, it. in Britain, it's it's like, oh, okay, it's pretty normal to do wand magic, but not normal to do wandless magic. And I feel like that would just, like... That would be such a fun story to read of, like, the native people having a school um, for people that were so adept at magic that they could, they didn't mm. have to have wands. That'd be cool. And still having Assault as a character. And that would be so interesting considering she comes from Salazar Slytherin and having that conflict yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you're, you're a, a distant relative of Salazar Slytherin and you can do wandless magic? Ooh. Yeah. Or, like, even having the conflict of she can't do wandless magic, but somehow she gets to And then that could even bring forth a conflict in, in for the film, for Fantastic Beasts yeah. and Where to Find Them, where you have Newt Scamander, who's an Englishman, coming over to America, to New York in the 1920s. And then if you had uh, the Makuza the Magical Congress of the United States It sounds like Yakuza. I know. (laughs) Makuza. Not to be confused with. um, But if you had them, it's established as as practitioners of wandless magic. And then the, the, because there's already conflict between American and British wizards. It's like kind of jabby conflict, at least what I can understand from the trailers. I haven't seen it yet because it's not out yet. Um, But... You know, to add another layer of conflict of, like, Newt has to rely on his wand for things mm-hmm. and, and the American wizards around him would not have. But no, that's yeah. not that's not how it turned out. Yeah, it just feels like a lot of the history of North American magic is just a lot of missed opportunities to explore, like, really interesting conflicts throughout American history. Like, I mean... There were something did very much happen so that now we really wind up talking about native peoples as like a mythical thing practically, mm. even though like native peoples exist. That's the thing. Um, and we tend to forget about them in mm-hmm. history too because we're so focused on like what uh white people were doing, what uh people who were considered as uh, the proper people to handle the expansion of America, mm-hmm. um, even though that was very much colonialism and invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, genocide. Genocide. We we really ignore it's, genocide. We don't, we don't use that word very often, yeah. but uh, uh, excuse me, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, it was hey, just kind of like... burst your bubble. Remember when you came across the sea and lived here? genocide yeah it's it's uh there was an article about uh stereotyping indians by omission notes that indians are the only population to be portrayed as far more often in historical context than as contemporary people and considering the size of the native population for instance it's like why wasn't especially in like jk rowling's uh version of north american magic like why was that kind of on the back burner why was yeah, that just i had never a even background? even really thought about it like that that we when discussing native american culture a lot of people including myself i'm to fault tend to think of it as more of a a historical context when there are there are still people who um, are from that culture and like still, still practice around. still practice yeah. those traditions yeah. that yeah I mean they've 
they've kind of changed and um with modern times yeah yeah but that's that's still absolutely something that it's not all historical it's still contemporary and i think that i mean especially uh right now with what's mm-hmm. happening with the the native the, american population and everything with and the, the dakota, dakota pipeline. access pipeline yeah. like that's something that i think should really be we should be trying to celebrate that and like Look, these are these are the people you've forgotten, and they aren't going away. They're still here. They're still fighting. They're still practicing these traditions that have been around since before America was mm-hmm. founded. And I just really, I personally really hate that we do think of Native American peoples as in the historical context mm-hmm. instead of the context of now. It'd be sort of t- like talking about like some big, huge culture like Japan, but yeah. only in the historical context. Only, like, yeah, like, yeah, talking no, about Japan's World War still II. there, yeah. and there's yeah. still Japanese people there. And it's just, we've just, there's not a huge amount of Native Americans anymore. They're just scattered in the mm-hmm. reservations yeah. that we've so gracefully given them, apparently, <laughs> oh my gosh. that we get taught. And it's just so even awful. still is not... I mean, their living conditions are. Oh yeah, they always live in poverty. Uh, not they they can't. What, yeah. They can't like, and they they're in so much poverty that oftentimes they don't have enough money to even go see tri- see their tribe, depending yeah. on where they live. If they don't live mm-hmm. with the tribe, yeah. And it's it's it's, it's hard for them to leave because they don't want to leave their tribe because they're leaving the tribe if they try to make them their lives better and it 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 sucks and I feel like we. I feel like it's JK something Rowling that isn't talked was, about very often. Yeah. And I feel like that's with given the popularity of of Harry Potter and the cultural phenomenon that Harry Potter was she and then an the fact that that she's capitalizing on on the idea of um magic in North America, there yeah, that was absolutely a mm-hmm. missed opportunity where she could have been like because I love Native American culture. Oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's really really fascinating. Um, my first American Girl doll was Kea, mm-hmm. which is the, yeah. the Native American mm-hmm. American Girl doll. Um, and like I loved reading her stories and learning about that culture. And I feel like that's something that J.K. Rowling and giving her writing background and her ability to um, take things and turn it into a really cool story. Like she could have. Girl, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed it, in yeah. you. At the same time, Miss Rowling. At the same time, I don't want to make excuses for her, but she does come from a part of the world where they don't really learn about American history. That's true. History. That's very true. So, like here, I mean, that's that's probably just the version yeah. of of American history. I've never been to England. I don't. I yeah. don't know many English people, but that could just be the version of American history that yeah. they know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know they learn about their own history, like we learn about our own history, mm-hmm. and like you know once you get to higher education, you can be like, oh, well, I want to learn about British history. Yeah. And so like that might be the case for them, yeah, but um, you know her educate like education about American history might have been very rudimentary, like you know our. British history is very rudimentary. Once mm-hmm. we get across yeah. the pond, we don't care what happens over there. So Yeah, I think the Harry Potter w- books worked really well because they were so steeped in, like, British fantasy and British history and, mm-hmm. culture. And, and culture. And it worked really well because she was so familiar with that. But when she moved over to write about North American magic, it was kind of became this mis- uh, It was mishmash. kind of, yeah. It was kind of like, how can I be the same but different. Yeah. Like, but just in really, like, little ways. So, like, mm-hmm. instead of instead of having the Ministry of Magic, 
it's the Makuza. It's Basi- the Congress. Basically yeah. the same thing. It's just like reflective of, of the governments that we have it's now like, because well, they hey, have... They have a Congress. They can have a magic Congress. Yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, we call them muggles. They call them nomadges. Which, which makes that sounds no so much magic? more like I'm still, offensive. Yeah, that's what American wizards call call non-magic people is no match no short short for no magic and i'm like just you could have just you could have just kept it at muggle we already we already know them as muggles we're we're american we make things we make things difficult for ourselves (laughs) yeah so uh a question i kind of had uh because i wondered if this was what she went through when thinking about writing this and was like oh, I want to include indigenous peoples, but already indigenous peoples are often thought of as mystical as it is because mm. uh, is it, uh, there was this article, is it that we as indigenous people are constantly situated as fantasy creatures? Think about Peter Pan where Neverland has mermaids, pirates, and Indians. Or on Halloween, mm. children dress up as monsters, zombies, princesses, Disney characters, and Indians. Beyond... Uh, the positioning as not real there's also the pervasive and problematic narrative wherein native peoples are always mystical and magical and spiritual uh, able to talk to animals conjure spirits perform magic heal with medicine and destroy uh, with curses Uh, think about like grandmother willow and pocahontas tonto talking to his bird and horse in the lone ranger or the wolf pack in twilight or any number of examples and it's like was jk rowling then like i don't want to fall into this appropriation stereotype of being like native Mm. peoples are magic of course she she might have um it i i feel like she in trying to avoid that trope of Indian peoples she didn't go into detail but by not going into detail she ignored a large portion of people Mm -hmm. and like I believe that a lot of people see Indians as mystical and magical and everything because they were so in touch with earth like Mm -hmm. like the earth is so vastly important to their culture because they get everything from the earth and they're extremely earth-based which is why they probably had the druidy plant one yeah. sort of magic mm-hmm. that they had in her explanation but she didn't want to make them these mystical almost otherworldly beings i feel like but again in doing so she's ignored a a huge culture that she could have tried to express as normalized yeah yeah. I think when when discussing like the, the stereotype or the trope that Native American people are magic, like that's one thing in in other stories, like Peter Pan, where yeah. I mean there's I mean there's a level of magic to Neverland, mm-hmm. but where that's not necessarily the main focus, or um, I mean there's an element of the, the, the supernatural to Twilight, but um, in a world where where you've established that magic exists and that it exists across the entire globe i think it's a disservice to if you're establishing that every single country every group of people has some sort of basis of magic that that the non-magic world does not know about across the globe that's what exists in the wizarding world that Mm. jk rowling has created that is that is canon so it's a disservice to not tell i think the history of 
of any type of of magical peoples, mm-hmm. including the Native Americans. Yeah. It's just like so even hard. if even if that is kind of a trope, it's like well, that's that's it's everyone is magic. Everyone has magic, so why not tell their story as and well? Again, that's I I think in trying to avoid that that trope, she's she's made a mistake because mm-hmm. it's very hard. I feel for some writers, um, being a writer myself, like to sit there and really have an explanation for everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, oh and, yeah. And I I feel as if she looked at like Native American peoples and was like I have nowhere to be I, I have no idea where to be that wasn't that wasn't the focus of her story so yeah. she she told the tidbits that she thought was necessary mm-hmm. and moved on yeah maybe not and taking into consideration might... that there was a deeper history there and she might go into deeper history she may yeah and you know we don't know because um there might be I mean she I don't think she's elaborated on writing any more series but she might write another one I mean she it's J.K. Rowling I think she's gonna write more like she I'm still waiting Miss Rowling if you can hear me (laughs) first of all I love your work this is in full disclosure I love Harry Potter I I love everything about it yeah or most everything about it um I'm still waiting on a seven book series about the Marauders so if you could get on that that'd be awesome (laughs) because um, that's all I ever want in life I didn't ask for magic North America I just want James Potter and the blah 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 for uh-huh. seven books. Thank you. But again, um, <laughs> I feel like she doesn't want to write his character because he was kind of he's not complicated. A, not a nice then do Severus person. Snape and the <laughs> more. Yes. I read that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I want to um, know so much about. Severus but I think Snape. I think currently on her plate is because she wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find did Them. Did she? She did. Oh. Um. So she's doing the screenplay thing right now, and from what I've heard. There are going to be five installments of this five. fantastic piece. I heard there was like nine or twelve. Okay. Some weird odd. I, I, I heard five. Um, we shall see. I Capitalize, feel like that's a rallying. lot. Do yeah. it, rallying. I feel like Do that's it. a lot. And I don't that know. Is a lot. I don't know if it's because it's kind of been this is kind of going on a tangent, but it's kind of been established that um the the conflict between Dumbledore and Grindelwald will be introduced in yes. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So Johnny, then that will be, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp was cast as Geralt Grindelwald. So Grindelwald. Yeah. Yeah. wait, do you guys have a problem with that? I mean, in my, I love, I love Johnny Depp. I love yeah. his work. He's one of my favorite actors. I love Harry Potter. For I don't think the two mix. What, very, Johnny Depp and Harry Potter. Um, well. Here, this is my, and this is what I think gets me, and what I thought would would get J.K. Rowling, is that the entirety of the first, the original eight movies, was like, everyone involved was English. Yeah. Like, the entire cast, the entire crew, every, you know, from pre-production to production to post-production everyone yeah. was because it was created in england obviously yeah. for fantastic beast you have differences because it takes place in america but grindelwald is is an english he's german yeah he's a hitler allegory frankly oh wait grindelwald sorry like i said i haven't really like he's he's series, european but... so it, it seems odd to me that johnny depp an american actor would be i mean obviously that doesn't matter because you have British actors playing Americans all the time. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch just did that for Doctor Strange. But, like, yes. I don't know. It seems 
to me, it seems like an odd choice when there's, especially when J.K. Rowling for the Harry Potter movies was very adamant about keeping it all English. Yeah. And it's that also she would switch to a very well known American actor with a prominent body of work. Like, yeah. It's well, all, maybe, maybe, interesting maybe, choice. I still maybe, love Johnny Depp. We'll see what yeah, happens. But, but maybe that is why she chose Johnny Depp. It's He's a very prominent actor. When you see the word Johnny Depp in a movie, you're like, what? Johnny Depp in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, the we'll movies, uh, the Although, new movies, uh, sorry. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, they don't have the same, like, uh, power that people are absolutely going to go see it. Because I already know that That's even true. big That's Harry true. Potter fans are kind of on the fence about how they feel about Fantastic Beasts. Because it's so different from mm-hmm. the Hogwarts formula that we're uh, know and love at this point. And yeah, yeah, that's a big leap for people to take. And I can, yeah, I understand that. Then, if she's like, "Well, so this may be a, a more so difficult ticket to sell." Attaching so a well-known American yeah, actor true. like Johnny Depp. I mean, it it also is a pretty big gamble with what's happened personally with Johnny Depp. Yeah, and I haven't yeah. heard I haven't heard a lot of what's that's happened with the, him. Like, I love Johnny Depp as an actor, but as a person, I'm kind of disappointed in him. See, <laughs> see, I want to love him personally. I like I as a women and gender studies person and mm-hmm. you know feminist and everything i believe both parties i think that something did happen with amber heard because a lot of personal things happened to johnny but when an entirety of people that johnny has uh dated loved been around are stating that no that's but he's not that like, he doesn't do that and it's i i this is a very long tangent <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we can, we'll wrap we back around back. here uh because, like, when I – everything, every interview I'd ever seen of Johnny Depp or interactions that he had had with fans, like, led me to believe that he was a really decent person. Yeah. So then when I heard all those uh, Amber Heard story, and it's like, I don't – I, you know, it's but, I thought it was a complicated relationship to yeah. begin with. Yeah. Uh, People are complicated. Yeah. And but so it's – I, I want – I still want him to be a good person because Captain Jack Sparrow was one of my favorite yeah. characters in movies of all time. But casting him as Grindelwald as a German person, it's we'll it see. feels like an we'll appropriated see. thing because it's sort of it, like it's like casting Scarlett Johansson as a Japanese character mm-hmm. and like yeah. it like for Ghost in the Shell or like, yeah or like casting yeah. like Matt Damon in a Chinese movie, oh and and like it. It happens all the time. And, or like Shouldn't casting happen. someone as like a native character, like when Johnny Depp played. Tonto, Tonto. Like, for oh a yeah. Like yeah. to to it again. Going back to how uh, she's basically missed an opportunity to go deeply into Native American culture. Like it, the appropriation. It really, but it really makes you wonder. Like, is she appropriating while writing? Is she is she trying to appropriate? Is she accidentally appropriating? Mm-hmm. Like, because so, the fine line of appreciation and appropriation is, is so thin. Is I feel like it's very difficult. Yeah, for sure. My issue with uh, how everything's been written and how I think it leans more toward appropriation than appreciation is that I feel like she didn't do the legwork and the effort mm-hmm. to be like. This tradition is associated with this tribe. This tradition is associated yeah. with this mm-hmm. tribe, and just did an overarching uh, Native Americans, which is what we've done in media and history for the longest time. But I really think it should be recognized that you know the Navajo people yeah. are hugely different than the Cree people, or the mm-hmm. Blackfoots, or the Lakotas, or yeah. the Cherokees. And for mm-hmm. some people, like it's the first the time Sioux. they've heard like 
different names yeah. for different tribes other than just, oh, you know, the Indians or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, like, kind of crazy when you think about, like, these were the first nations. Like, nation actually being used. Yeah, in they, actually, like, had, they actually had, like, borders. Like, okay, this is this nation. You're up in the north. This is this nation. We're down in Florida for some reason. And then, you know, this nation is over here. And then there would be little tribes within the nation. Mm -hmm. Like, this would be this nation, but there's tribe A, B, C, D, E, and F. And then over in this nation, there's 20 more little ones or something. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate that we ignore the fact that this, like, there are differing tribes. Because there yeah. were some tribes that were, like, ugh, I don't want to use that word, that were more apt to fight and uh, go to war with other tribes or or be more well, I guess more violent in what they do they were soldiers yeah yeah and then there would be warriors the, yeah warriors and then there I would think. be the tribes that were more peaceful that were just like mm -hmm. no we don't want to do that and yeah like you know because like, of course they weren't a completely peaceful people either i feel like we often yeah. see native americans think... as peaceful earth going when actually some native american no, tribes were soldiers they are yeah. not soldiers yeah. warriors they would go to war often <laughs> yeah i think it depended too a lot on uh a how we tell history and yes. that how uh colonial relations were with those tribes mm -hmm. if we um like I say, we as a person who is descended mm -hmm. from other white people yeah. mm -hmm. um, came over and specifically started settling in their lands. Of course, they're going to be like, um, excuse me, wait a minute. Even and, peaceful people are like, yeah. hey, why did you take my seat? Uh, yeah, and because they, yeah, <laughs> my seat. Perfect example. Me. But and then that in them. They're being, like the, the college senior yeah that's been there from like <laughs> day one freshman year and like this same lecture hall and it's like look from day one i've been sitting in this back corner and then some freshman comes yeah. in spring semester is like ready to graduate and the freshman mm -hmm. it's like nah no this hour at this time this is my seat yeah. it's like we don't and have assigned seats no we do we do yeah. <laughs> and colonists as those freshmen coming in of course are going to paint that senior as like oh there's trying to start stuff with me they're, they're just like being, being like they're they being started controlling this that war. seat doesn't belong to anyone yeah. i can have it too when we started claiming their lands freshmen. uh they reacted <laughs> terribly uh nothing against all they? you freshmen yeah no that are uh, listening love your faces love your faces Figure sorry out how the bus system and, works, please. And, We're like almost <laughs> done with the fall semester, I'm, please. I'm sorry that we equated uh, colonial genocide to freshmen to freshmen taking our seat in the lecture so hall. Sorry. <laughs> Let's not equate that. But it's late. I'm tired. Yeah. This is the the easiest, you know, the yeah. figurative language I was able to come mm. up with. Mm. So where. J.K. Rowling has written about uh, Native peoples, the little tidbits we have, um, one of which, here we go, uh, in the Native American community, some witches and wizards were accepted and even lauded within their tribes, gaining reputations for healing as medicine men or outstanding hunters. However, the others were stigmatized for their beliefs, often on the basis that they were possessed by malevolent spirits. Um, the native legend of the skinwalker, an evil witch or wizard that can transform into an animal at will, has its basis in fact. A legend grew up around the Native American animag animagi. I have an accent there for some animagi? reason. Animagi? 
magi. Yeah, anime guy. Yeah. An- like animagus. Yeah, animagi. Plural. Um, that they had sacrificed close family members to gain their powers of transformation. In fact, oh. the majority of animaguses assumed animal forms to escape persecution or to hunt for the tribe. Such derogatory rumors often originated within nomad mat- uh, medicine men who were sometimes faking magical powers themselves and fearful of exposure. That's okay. like, um, I mean, yay for having more uh, native info. stuff, more native info. But I feel like that was, this leans again a little closer to appropriation mm-hmm. and being yeah. like, this is what your traditions were. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, people from like the First Nations took to yeah. Twitter, like uh, Dr. Adrian Keene, who has a doctorate in like, uh, Native American studies and is mm-hmm. native herself said you can't just claim and take a living tradition of marginalized people that's straight up colonialism slash appropriation yeah like especially cause like I know the skinwalker thing has been brought up a lot like uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Adrian Keene again said that a lot of people were like tweeting at her and it was like is this really what uh, skinwalkers are in the mythos of like Native American tradition, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, J.K. Rowling's making stuff up essentially, mm-hmm. um, in order to connect it to what she's already written before." And it's almost like um, when people were like didn't understand like uh, co- uh, co- colonists that would do some of these earth-based traditions like using the earth and like herbs and everything to like heal and everything they didn't understand so they were like oh you must be like uh sacrificing stuff to the devil and everything yeah it's sort of Mm -hmm. like just looking at someone that's a part of that culture (laughs) me and um because i'm a witch um but like looking at someone and being like yeah you worship satan and you eat babies and you uh you, without learning taking yeah, the time to learn you sacrifice goats and exactly what it is like for me for someone like even someone not even living in america to say like oh yeah this is this is what happens in i understand culture. you this is what you are i'm gonna I wrap you it. up in this nice little box so yes. i can figure you out <laughs> boxes it's, work for moving not for people not for people <laughs> yeah. That's the title. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> Don't put me in the box. Nobody puts baby in a box. But, <laughs> well, that really uh, bad. <laughs> sometimes you put babies in boxes and leave them at fire stations. Oh no! Oh no! But that's rare. Or at the Dursleys' front door. Or, yeah, with with a with a weird note. Just hey, just a note. Just your Dumbledore. your family was murdered. <laughs> Dumbledore, Mrs. Harry. Are we sure we're gonna like leave them out here? Or are they gonna answer the door? No, it's fine, Minerva. Let's just go. Albus. Twelve hours later. Albus, I I've sat I, here. I and have watched some them. words for you, my friend. <laughs> I've watched them. They're not good people. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I'm just gonna not say a word to them. No. Hope this letter fixes let's not, everything. Let's not give Harry to serious. It's let's cool. no. Leave this group no. of muggles with a Horcrux for eleven years. Yes. See how happy they are. Yeah. Hey. So uh, we've talked a lot about native tradition in mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. Um, being kind of skipped over like a missed opportunity but I mean America has a huge history with uh, being mean to marginalized people and I think really? that there's the allegory what? of like magical people being marginalized people uh, yeah <laughs> America's racist? What? 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 <laughs> what? 
But America hates minorities. Hey. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, Daily. <laughs> no. I think Where are you getting your facts? <laughs> America. Are you getting them from the onion? Yes. Is that where you're getting them? <laughs> but so I, I uh, in one of the articles I researched for this podcast, I agreed that there was some missed opportunities in that there is no mention of the slave trade or the admixture of co- cultural traditions brought to the colonies There's from no Africa. There's no mention of black people. Yeah, yeah no mention that of black That would have been an interesting dynamic. Uh, because yeah. like that would be then African magic and the Caribbean with their own uh, models of the supernatural. And which like is voodoo really, currently. Yeah, which yeah. is super interesting. Come on, um, rallying. <laughs> And it's been really cool. Latin America is ignored. Um, her history essentially skips from the 17th century Salem witch trials to the 1900s with no consideration of the wholesale. Of everything else that happens. Yeah, of I the wholesale like. disposition of Native peoples, the Seven Years' War, the Trail of Tears, oh, and the okay. substitution of reservations for indigenous sovereignty. See, Ooh, earlier, you know how is. I was saying <laughs> that, like, you know, she had a lot of history to go over. I feel as if she decided she wanted to uh, climb Everest, and so she got all the gear, and she got to the base camp, and then she started walking up it, and she was like a mile in, and she was like, actually, I'm tired. I I don't want to go any further right now. I want to go home. And then just, she's at base camp, staring at Everest, going... What have I done? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you because she's I'll promised to climb Everest, and she needs to get to the top. It's true. It's America has a a long and complicated history that um, we don't really like to talk about all that much no, we don't. because it's it's gruesome and it's bloody and it's not all that great. America's um, I think been at war for most of its life. It oh, save, uh, it's absolutely. Save a, there was a two-year period where there was peace. And, then, and that was between, I think, like one of the wars of like 1812 and something else. So that tells you. Jumped and I feel like from, combined from we've had war. maybe a two-digit amount of years where we weren't somehow fighting somebody. Yeah. 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 And so like I can understand why why she wouldn't want to necessarily dive into all of that because it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. And it's a lot of... It's a lot to explain. Of trying to bring... It's a lot to to explain, especially for someone who isn't from America um, because it's all stuff that that as American students we've we've grown up hearing. Mm-hmm. We I mean obviously it's kind of sugar coated in schools. Oh yeah. Um slavery was it happened guys but now it's over and there's no racism. Yeah. But like <laughs> no, it's, not. it's something no, it's really something no that racism. like that American students Americans in general kind of have just like this blanket understanding of certain things mm-hmm. whereas like people outside America maybe have a different sort of understanding. Um maybe even a deeper level of understanding from being able to see situations mm-hmm. from the outside. Um, so I understand why J.K. Rowling wouldn't want to um, dive into to all those yeah. things because America is very much uh, made up of a, a spectrum of cultures. Yeah. It's what we're built on. And she might and have And there's, there's, you know, mythos in each individual culture and how they, their reflection of magic. But I do think it's... When you're talking about America and something specific to America to do magic in America, she's she's rehashing 
it's Hogwarts in America. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There are, I think she she gave names for, like, 12 uh, wizarding schools across yeah. the world. Something like that. Um, like, there's, there's one in Japan. There's one in Brazil. There's um, uh, one in, I don't remember where, in Africa. That's bad. I yeah. don't know that. I mean, there's three, at least three in Europe. Yeah. Because you have uh, Hogwarts, Bow Battens, and Durmstrang. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly where, where the rest of them are. But, like, so if you wanted to do, you know, one for, for Latin America to yeah. cover that, then it's like, you know, you have, like, there's a whole other wizarding school that could maybe be placed there. So if you're going to place a wizarding school specifically in America, why not talk about Native Americans more? Yeah. Like, so that's why I, it's. Yeah. I feel like, like it's, she, there's just a lot of, a lot of backstory I feel uh, like to America. she, as a British or European mm-hmm. English person, she like didn't exactly want to tell Americans all of their history but at the same time when you know you're working fiction like you kind of have a little bit more flexibility with um what you write but at the same time I feel like she didn't want to just tell Americans well this is what your history was this is exactly Mm -hmm. what happened I mean Mm -hmm. it's a world of fiction there isn't actually a wizarding school yeah you know it's a but like waiting on my letter again (laughs) again you know she took on Everest and the fact that if you're going to write about this you need to sit down and really think about it Mm -hmm. yeah you know books like books like that and history like that doesn't just happen overnight like when you create an entirely new world you know on top of a real one it's really hard especially with uh, hard histories like slavery and Mm -hmm. like civil rights movement and segregation and the native americans and genocide and you know all that history of colonization and like it 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 makes me fascinated to know more on if she's thought about the history of America, like with segregation and everything. Yeah. Like, you know, what happened with that? That I I mean, this is all all stuff that right now exists on Pottermore. So yeah. who's to say yeah. she may she may tackle some of these topics in the yeah. future and stick and it up on Pottermore. She has I, a history of being like, Oh, by the way, after like weeks of people asking her, this is my explanation this is a thing for the thing. That, that yeah. Happened. yeah. I just I guess what I wanted more was the assurance kind of that she has done the legwork in that order she has a to story for uh, us. that she yeah. that she has done the research behind like I will address this instead of just being like oh, America's kind of like this, right? Because I think that's her responsibility if mm-hmm. she's going to tackle something that people, like, we live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's kind of like the same thing with Native peoples. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're a real thing. They still they exist. exist. So you have to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, not Which only is why to... You can continue, sorry. Uh, you can I, finish. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, not only to, um, like... avoid the twitter uh storm that Mm. follows like hey you didn't represent me correctly um because she kind of has a history of doing like a mismatch of cultures that or she has a history of saying one tiny thing and then for weeks the fan base just being like but wait what about this 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 and this and then she'll come out with like another really tiny tidbit and then the fan base still has more questions. Yeah. And I feel like she's done the legwork, but she kind of knows the weird evil power she has over fan base. And so she only releases enough info about things to keep people 
attach. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because in terms of like American history too, she had she did kind of go through more of like what uh, American magical history was like in that she kind of very vaguely addressed segregation in that there was like a time after uh the secret was uh blown oh yeah um and then it was like okay no uh wizard can associate with a nomad and a nomad can never associate with a wizard they kept it, yeah, the Makuza decided to keep it completely yeah. separate. And it was kind of dumb how the yeah. secret was blown because it was like, there was a girl who was dim as she was pretty, is the exact quote yeah. used, who oh. told uh, this nomad guy, like, ever, like uh, right after meeting him, like, oh yeah, I'm a witch and this is like our system of government and we do all this and this and this. Well, because isn't there... Uh... I don't remember if it was, again, it's been a while since I've read the the Pottermore article. There were, like, I forget what they're called, people who were... Scourers. Yeah. They're, who were, like, their sole purpose was to, to find witches and wizards. Which is, like, a real thing from history. Like, witchfinder generals were employed yeah. by the British government at one point throughout history in order to find witches. But was that from, witches. like... From like the moment that that secret was revealed, or what? Was, it was before he, that, though. They he, were established. Yeah, that, that had always been happening, and it was kind of just like a danger to watch out for. But uh, magical and non-magical people could hang out. Um, but the guy that she happened to spill everything to was descended from scourers, so he had the opinion that like magic was like devil was worship. Awful. Yeah, of course. It's always, <laughs> and I think worship. it's. I think it's really interesting that uh, J.K. Rowling chose to set Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in the twenties, mm-hmm. which is kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like the the Roaring Twenties are looked back on uh, kind of fondly as like this really cool decade. I mean, yeah, you had Prohibition, but it was like. Before the Great Depression, yeah. before yeah. the First World War, there wasn't a whole lot. Like was, America seemed to kind of be on the up and up during the twenties, and, and it was it was it was when slavery you know wasn't a thing really. Yeah, but like, it was like a, the segregation was a thing. But like again, it was seen as like this little golden age. Yeah, it's this, like this it's interesting that she yeah. that she said it there, uh, where tiny, it's like tiny golden decade. You know, she can focus in on on the conflict between magic versus non-magic yeah. instead of the conflict between just, uh, like, people yeah. in general. In Magical prohibition was not a thing. Uh, the, the kind of history of North American magic was ended with uh, some act of... Uh, Makuza saying, uh, don't touch the giggle water, which I guess is their version <laughs> of fire whiskey. So, okay. Yeah. Don't uh, touch okay. So that wasn't water. a thing. Um, what? I feel like J.K. Rowling ran out of names for stuff. Yeah. Also, I'm coming up with the, with the American version of the Wizarding World. Yeah. Also, something that felt distinctly British inside of America is that uh, there were, like, there was a time... Uh, continuing into, I guess, technically modern times within North American magic of wand permits. Oh, like, yeah. It, which is kind of funny considering that uh, we don't have a lot of re- gun regulation in America as compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> I so think of it's it like funny that. <laughs> to think that like there would be a focus on like, oh, you have to have your wand yeah. registered. So yeah. 
in case something happens. It's interesting. And like it, I, I see that in a lot of like, um, other countries portrayals of America. Like I can't remember where I saw it or what it was, but I remember there was this manga anime that like tried to take place in America but of course, Japanese culture mm-hmm. pervaded a lot of what happened in like school, like the school was, because I remember there being a school, the school was um, built like a Japanese school and mm-hmm. like the things that they, how they like talk to each other and greet each other and interact, like it was very Japanese. So, you know, other countries have way better gun regulation than we do. <laughs> so of course, to what? her, it's it's obvious craziness for there to be a wand permit or registration or like yeah. keeping track That's, of your yeah, wand. Yeah, it seems like something natural when like and we're sitting here like why why would of. I need a permit for my Don't wand? Don't take my wands away, Obama. It <laughs> 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 is my right. Yeah. It is it, my Second Amendment right to bear wands. Yeah. It should be noted, too, uh, <laughs> something that's pretty significant, but again, pretty contrary to American history. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the principal people that we see in the Makuza, as featured on the trailers for Fantastic Beasts, she seems to be the one in charge. She, first of all, Ooh. amazing. What? Second of all, <laughs> she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is like... As like the, the, I don't know president i guess yeah Space, uh, basically basically is that if we're just gonna take Space the magic president magic pre- the same mp things. the mp instead of the minute like the minister of like the magistrate it's the pre- the president the speaker we of like the titles Congress, like that i guess yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay i guess we'll have to see them well later. actually <laughs> now uh, how about we say this she's madam president of the yeah Mikuza. madam president madam I, president it I happened miss, I, just yes. not in the way <laughs> not in the way we were thinking <laughs> on the way we wanted yeah jk rolling has yeah. our back thank so, you jk uh, <laughs> that's that's interesting or at I least really... the casting director of fantastic piece and where to find them oh, yeah <laughs> I, I really appreciate that, especially because it seems like every other per like literally every other person in the film is white. It's white pretty wash. much an all white uh, cast, all which yeah, a lot of people true. say like, well, you know, back then it wouldn't have been, uh, you know, uh, black people were much more marginalized than they are now and they wouldn't have been have a chance to be part of that narrative. And it's like they still okay. existed, yeah, though. They were okay. still a thing. But this is this is a world where magic exists like yeah. if that's if that's the biggest issue you have with the i mean it's like the whole it goes with like superhero movies yeah. too of like why people get were so up in arms when like zendaya was cast for the new spider-man movie i'm like that's the issue you or have like, when they tried like to your hero Donald was Lover. bitten by a bug and then <laughs> sticks to walls <laughs> And you have the you have an issue with an actress and being you know, black. And you have an issue with like the idea of Spider Man being black, like when yeah. Donald Glover like, right. like yeah, yeah, jokingly yeah. was like, "Hey, you know, Donald Glover for Spider Man." Like that's and, like, the problem you have is his skin color. Like really, you can't accept that. Like pe- like I mean, there is a black Spider Man, you know, mm-hmm. technically, but like you couldn't accept the fact then that maybe like casting Donald Glover as Spider Man is like. That still would have been cool. Like, yeah. it would have been cool. Like, he's going to play um, 
Lando Calrissian. I know. Yes. That's going to be awesome. But, like, really? Like, you can't, like, Superman can't be black? Like, the Green Lantern can't be black? we mentioned this on the last black? podcast yeah. we were in. It's, it's like, why is Superman always a white man? Like, why? We'll <laughs> he's an alien. Yeah. We'll suspend our disbelief and be like, he's an alien, or, like, he's, like, his weakness is this rock, but we can't be like, we oh, no. We can't imagine can't he's, he's or even Asian. Other than white. Like, like yeah. right? we, have to, we have to imagine that all humanoid aliens out in space are white and look like us yeah like, no maybe yeah. they're Apparently. blue and striped or and like, even in like regular narratives i don't i mean harry potter isn't like a regular narrative yeah. but i think it's like a lot less crazy for there to be an asian person at yeah. hogwarts which is what someone yeah. tried to argue to me once it's like well she's scottish and but she's asian there and it's like, there are a bunch of um asian british people like yeah britain is is also a very culturally diverse I area mean, i mean it's it's, it's it like being like there's an american like asian person what it's like yeah, guys like it's there are there's a lot born of there a lot of actually um like indian culture that is reflected in britain yeah. Like yeah. the london area yeah. especially I mean, in their food yeah the history like of colonialism with india mm. yeah like it's i mean you get the the stereotypes of like um mostly like irish people being very very pale and mm-hmm. you know the pale redhead yeah really um, but like potatoes. there are there are i mean it's at this point of the world there are it's britain is a very very culturally diverse area i mean i hope they stay culturally culturally diverse with brexit but you know right we'll see. yeah we'll yeah see. That's, that's <laughs> you know they decided to do something stupid and then we were like okay hold on hold our beer we'll be right back hold our and- beer <laughs> <laughs> And, and then, and then um, last Tuesday happened, and yeah, uh, we don't we don't have to we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, this is a this is a happy time. Yeah, We're talking about Harry Potter. Happy time, happy time. And so cultural appropriation. Uh, and cultural appropriation. Yeah. So as I, happy as we can get with cultural appropriation. Uh, yeah, genocide. Oh. <laughs> okay, backing away from genocide. Uh, so I mentioned Cho Chang. Yeah, the, it's Cho crazy Chang. that she's. Yeah, in there's a. There's a poem called To J.K. Rowling from Cho Chang by Rachel Rosted. It's up on the uh, Button Poetry YouTube channel, which is one of my favorite yeah, YouTube channels. Yeah, I have the transcript here in front of it's me. It's amazing. It's it's a beautiful it's a beautifully written poem. It's said uh, it's performed with with such poignance and attitude. It's great. Um, and I'm sure you have the the exact line, but um, there was there was one line that really stuck out to me because she's talking about uh, Rachel Rossad's talking about how like Cho Chang was kind of the the typical Asian stereotype wrapped up in a single character, and she makes a point of it's like between Cho Chang, Dean Thomas, and the, yep, the Patel twins, yeah. Hogwarts um, has like five whole brown people, and you're like, oh. But yeah. wait, that's that's kind of accurate. And then the the quote that she says that really sticks with me is yeah. the um, like my name is is Cho Chang. Those are two last names, two Korean last names. I'm supposed to be Chinese. That's like taking a Frenchman and naming him Garcia Sanchez. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. yeah. So thank ooh. you, thank you for giving me no heritage. Thank you for giving mm-hmm. me a name as generic as a ninja costume, as chopstick hair ornaments. J- Miss Rowling. 
I know you're just the latest participant in a long tradition of turning Asian women into a tragic fetish. Madam Butterfly, Japanese woman falls in love with a white soldier, is abandoned, kills herself. Miss Saigon, Vietnamese woman falls in love with a white soldier, is abandoned, killed herself. Memoirs of a Geisha, Lucy Liu in leather, schoolgirl porn. Like, it just keeps she going on. on. It's on such about a the, good... The representation uh, yeah. of, of Asians in, and sometimes I in the media. Like... And that's just... It's, it's something that... That when I read the books, I never really thought about again i was the first time i read the books i was i was significantly younger i was 11 when i read sorcerer's stone for mm-hmm. the first time um and there is the argument that uh hermione is black and or mixed yes uh, that because her, she never states her, yeah her her, color. her race is never um officially stated frizzy in, hair big teeth that's all yeah that that's she just happened to be cast as white yeah which I love Emma Watson and her oh, portrayal yes, of Hermione, I but I also love, Watson. I'm not going to remember the actress's name, the actress that, for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the stage right. play, um, is a black actress, and I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's something that when reading, I didn't really pick up on. But then when you watch the movies and you can mm-hmm. physically see the people in front of you and you realize it's there's a there's a lot of white people there in Hogwarts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like, again, um, I feel like, some people cultural appropriate uh, by accident. And mm-hmm. I feel like as a writer, J.K. Rowling might have filled in Cho Chang's name just as Cho Chang because, oh, I know I want this to be an Asian character. And then as you're writing, you just, it that's fits just what, what or it, it just happens with, yeah. to work. Yeah. And so I think, but then again, that's also a little bit of a negligence on yeah. um, not looking into it. and Just like, do like a quick a quick search of like, it doesn't have to be something completely crazy. Just do like common Chinese yeah. names. Or, you know, if if like the character's not like, and again, it, when I was stating earlier, like I felt like Cho Chang kind of came and then suddenly left. Like if, yeah. if it's not going to be a secondary character, like on the level of like Dean Thomas or, or yeah, everything. I mean her her primary point in the narrative in the narrative is to be a a love interest to Harry, yeah, the first yeah. love interest to Harry, yeah, um, and to for to instill another level of competition between Harry and Cedric during mm. uh, the Triwizard Tournament, right. and then later to deal with um, mourning and loss on both parts for both Cho and Harry during Order of the Phoenix. And then, yeah, she kind of, she, she serves her purpose and she's kind of done. But, like, you Because know, then Ginny comes into the picture and then Cho Chang yeah. is, like, Because even then, though, like, I feel like to be that more of an of importance of a character, like, important of a character, um, naming her Cho Chang was, you know, negligent like yeah. she obviously was important enough to be a love interest like give her more of an appropriate name mm-hmm. and again that's negligence and appropriation i feel like go hand in hand yeah i i do feel like uh i mean she has made strides to be like very uh, oh, yes. more diverse and inclusive but i feel like she hasn't put the effort behind that it's mm-hmm. just been like oh yeah anthony goldstein is jewish which was said you know after the books were well and done yeah and although anthony goldstein wasn't a big part of it it would have been cool for that to be acknowledged before like in the actual canon instead of like on twitter and mm-hmm. again these books were also written in a time like i think the first harry potter was written like early 90s so like while she was physically writing it 
because it came yeah. out in 98 or yes. yeah she like but she but she was writing them for like a solid decade yeah before, like she, before they were even published she, the last one she yeah. you know these were written and published in a time where like subjects like this weren't really talked about mm-hmm. they weren't prevalent they Very weren't true. advertised they weren't advocated for so i think it also came with a time period now she probably looks back on what she wrote especially like characters like cho chang and everything yeah and she wants to give the give these explanations because yeah these are important characters and mm-hmm. these are important things to know and it would have been great for us to go back <laughs> in you know the eight like late 80s early 90s and be like hey jk um when you're writing this worry about these things yeah but unfortunately we can't mm-hmm. and i feel like we look at things like books like that and just go over them all the time and look at every single detail be like okay well this is preparation this is bad this is bad this is bad without taking into consideration that she i mean she wrote the first harry potter basically on scraps of paper that she found in a dumpster mm-hmm. and so sometimes there sometimes also when you appropriate you um neglect and appropriate by accident you know it's because you're thinking of other things and maybe she didn't think about these things as deeply as we think she should have yeah especially with like a lot of people have complained about the Dumbledore thing and it's Mm -hmm. like just like it's an afterthought that he's yeah like it was it was never actually part of the narrative it was just like like, uh mm -hmm. I mean because you also have to be cautious of of writing a character that is a minority yeah. to be the um, minority versus without, to be a yeah, character. Yeah, without just like pigeonholing them into the you don't that is that is the only character. notable thing about them. But I mean like so having having a very strong powerful wizard who is also a father figure to Harry for the majority of the series um also be gay like that's awesome but it's never mentioned in the books like you don't that's not it's like that whole community is just not talked about in the books it's just like we have a gay character and no one says anything about it and like it's i do the characters know who knows like it's not it's never mentioned not once it's just like uh jk rowling said afterwards like Oh yeah, he he's gay. Uh, in his childhood, he had a thing for Grindelwald, and that was like that. That's that. Yeah. Which and I I feel like she said the things the, those things you know to be to show her acceptance as well. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like that yeah she probably did want to write these characters the way that she's saying, but just wasn't able to in the time that she wrote them because again the it wouldn't it wouldn't have sold yeah. yeah it came out in 2007 yeah, and the was... early 2000s were very probably a bad time to be like yay gays yeah and that's more of a recent thing lgbt yeah. like af- really after 2008 after obama got elected in 2008 was when gay rights soared and like advocacy for gay mm-hmm. rights and also the lgbt community in general and you know other minorities and religions and everything really took off and we were like you need to accept everybody and not be you know a meanie face terrible yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely feel like we can be like okay you like you get the award for trying definitely like you get more than just the award for it like you get the biggest accolade possible because mm-hmm. that's like very important that dumbledore is gay yeah. you know he's this huge mm-hmm. again powerful figure a father figure 
uh, to Harry, our main character, and that's really important. But I, I feel like with like Cho Chang and like the representation of like Native people, she could have done a little oh, bit yeah. more legwork mm-hmm. because like the um, Garcia Sanchez. Uh, yeah, quote that's something from the that poem. like I, I would have never noticed because I mm-hmm. that's not something I would have, and that's me being ignorant to an extent as a as a white female. Um, that's something that I necessarily like wouldn't have looked into yeah. to be like, what is the accuracy of Cho Chang's name? Like, yeah. is that a name that a, a Chinese British uh, female would have? Yeah, that's just not something that I would have looked up until I saw this poem and I was like, oh, that's bad. And the fact that I think we can recognize um, that a Frenchman named Garcia Sanchez is bad. But uh, a Chinese girl named Cho Chang is not. They're, like, we can instantly recognize that, oh, Garcia and Sanchez are two Hispanic last names that don't belong to the French. That's something that everyone can kind of resonate with and can understand and recognize. Whereas, like, Cho and Chang are two Korean last names yeah. that don't belong to the Chinese. That's something that we don't. Because, again, we all, we lump. As speaking, generalizing here, I'm you know, generalizing with generalizations. It's not always the best thing. But, like, in a broad sense, um, a lot of white people just kind of lump Asians all together and can't can't tell that apart. Yeah, it's the same thing, again, with, like, Native representation. Like, I have this... Yeah, to lump all the tribes together. Yeah, I have this fantastic quote here about, like, how, especially in... uh, like the rolling universe of like native magics and traditions, how it's all just kind of all together in the same melting pot, even though they're very different uh, traditions. Uh, It's roughly parallel to having a Catholic priest wear a rabbi's headgear and a Protestant's cleric's garb while conducting high mass before a Satanist pentagram, simply because each of these disparate physical manifestations of spiritual culture is visually interesting in its own right. It's like, yeah, it's like, hey, this is cool, like Thunderbirds, but Thunderbirds only exist within the Pacific Northwest, like the opposite side of the continent. And like, Hmm. oh, this thing uh, is also cool, like jackrat or not jack, uh, jackalopes. And it's like, that was never actually part of like Native American lore. That's literally a myth for like out of towners to be like, oh, yeah, watch out for jackalopes. But that's mm. a part of uh, North American magic. You can make wands out of jackalope horn, which, again, that can just be a kind of a thing that she threw in there because you you can do that as an author. But yeah. when you say that this is part of native lore when it's not, it's like you got to own up to that. Mm-hmm. You got to do the research. Do your research. <laughs> she yeah. ended up. Yeah. She effed up a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, and not going to lie, I would watch, I would totally watch a movie series or read a book series oh, yeah. about North American magic. But I, oh, yeah. I definitely feel like she and needs I would... to research and go more in depth with yeah. actual Native peoples. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering, and maybe Pottermore will just kind of end up being like this, like what the, the Simorillion did for, for Lord of the Rings. And just dump. be like... <laughs> Um, an encyclopedia of the world itself because I think that's those are kind of the questions we're asking is just more details about she's made this decision she's expanding the wizarding world from Britain to include the entire world um, 
and as as fans of Harry Potter, as fans of the the Wizarding World and Hogwarts and that that realm that she created, I think it's at this point we just have questions about the world in general, and perhaps you know Pottermore will become that encyclopedia. It kind of is, yeah. At I this see, point, while I also see. being like like a BuzzFeed for Harry Potter. Like, yeah, that's, that's I, a good description. I, like, feel yeah. like, I feel like uh, she went, she resurrected it a bit um, too quickly. I feel mm-hmm. like she didn't take enough time to really sit down and think it all through. I mean, 10 years, you know, 2007 to 2017 hearsay. Um, I feel like 10 years just really isn't enough um, to sit down and think about all the little things we're we're looking at and thinking about currently. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is something that if she would have started in maybe 2000 would make sense to bring it out in 2017, 2016, 2017, Mm -hmm. because 17 years is a long time to really hash and go over all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially because she wasn't like writing all the time. Like she was taking a well-deserved break. Uh after the entirety of the Harry Potter series. And Mm -hmm. then she did Cursed Child, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure with Cursed Child. Yeah. I don't, I have my issues with Cursed Child. We don't have to go into that now, but. This is another podcast. There's a lot of issues with Cursed Child. Your father's showing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just, I, I read Cursed Child in about a day and a half, and the entire time I was reading it, I was like, these aren't J.K. Rowling's words, and I can tell. I these can are not tell her characters. That is not her words. Yeah. I, not, I think that... Uh, it's not the world that I love. Yeah, that says something about um, what we've come to expect from J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. and a we do. A hell of a lot. We have a very high standard, and... I I don't want to sound like mean when I say it, but I think it's kind of her responsibility, at least in like representation and doing the research. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's her responsibility to meet that standard. She's reached that status now. Because now, now, now she's, she's on our turf. Mm -hmm. Like I could, like I could, you know, like like I could read Harry Potter and just like, that was, that was her her turf, her her home ground, where she she knew the ins and outs of British culture. Of we British don't have history. no one permit, and here. so we can for get away with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so for an American to read Harry Potter, I just you know there were certain things, certain like little tiny tradition things where I was like, huh, that's unusual, but yeah. like I quickly got used to it. But now she's she's swapping that around, going to a huge fan base because Harry Potter is also massive in America. It's massive worldwide, but it's massive in America. Uh, It was a huge pop culture phenomenon over here. Yep. And, you know, she's filling us in and providing information involving our own history and our own culture. And if she doesn't, uh, you know, do research and look it up and make sure that she knows what she's doing, then that can be a problem. Yeah. I mean, just think about, like, everything that you just said except thinking about that in terms of like a native person oh yeah like so make sure that you're like we're really on their turf yeah uh hey uh make sure that you're portraying us well and not just being like native americans is are all part of one giant tribe which is Mm -hmm. entirely inaccurate um i i just think it's like authors and writers and creators and whatever geeky media you might be making you have the responsibility that if you're going to hopefully represent a marginalized people which I think creators should strive to do Mm -hmm. but you have to do it right you can't 
assume things you can't not do the research and put in the effort because then you're kind of just contributing to stereotypes that already exist of like the noble savage the indian princess the indian warrior Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing yeah 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 so uh let's just end this by ruining uh everyone's childhood so pocahontas <laughs> is entirely inaccurate i yeah, yeah she was if, a if naked anyone, 11 year old child if Ooh. anyone thinks pocahontas is is accurate if any school uses pocahontas to try to teach historical events wrong i blame the government that is not how you teach <laughs> that is not how you teach <laughs> children because pocahontas has great music oh yeah you can still paint with all the colors of the wind yeah enjoy enjoy that music but just know none of that it's fiction it's it's completely fiction and i think uh, what i like about that is that the second pocahontas tried to kind of tried to fix it with actual historical historical facts she still ends up with john smith at the end though no she doesn't it's Rolf, he makes he makes Rolf, an Rolf. but John Smith still makes an appearance in the second yeah, one and tries but, to but he's basically like yeah no I don't want you and she's yeah, like just... what what and so she goes with Rolf because Rolf's like I actually really love you and she's like okay yeah, and just, yeah. the real the real story is she was eleven and she was basically forced to go mm-hmm. with this guy and go to England under a English name and then she died yeah. That's Pocahontas. Yeah, after being, like, shown around courts and being like, look at this savage that I brought over. And married. And she, was yeah. a, she was a trophy piece. Yeah. yeah. She, look at my trophy They wife. changed her name to Rebecca? I think. Yeah, was it Rebecca? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Heather for some reason. It can't be that I'm pretty. No. <laughs> I love the name Heather, though. No good songs. No good songs. No good, no songs, good for... songs when it comes to appropriation of uh, Native cultures and not doing your research. Yeah. That's the song I'm singing that's, on. That's the, the quote of the day. Yeah. <laughs> the quote of the day. This is a song I'm singing here on the Coven Podcast. Uh, so this has been the Coven Podcast, and I was joined today uh, by the lovely uh, Cora Wilson, your Druid of Decibels. And the wonderful, your sorceress of the sound waves, Sarah James. And I have been the, what is my title again? Witch Witch of of the the wavelength. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's late, guys. We're really tired. It's It's late. I think you've been, I think you've been The week's almost over. (laughs) I think you've been Thanksgiving is next week. I can't wait. Like, I just, oh. (laughs) I think you've been, uh. Uh, breathing in too many of the cauldron fumes okay. yeah there That's, you go there you go i That's like exactly. that <laughs> We've all, it's just been it's all been brewing too long we keep all the appropriation brewing just yeah. just messed with you it's toxic man mm-hmm. it is toxic so, uh if you want to <laughs> check out uh any of the other issues we have currently brewing in the cauldron you can check us out at bitebsu.com uh, uh under the podcast or check us out on soundcloud at ball state daily or uh, definitely follow us on iTunes. We update so often. So many podcasts to listen to. So many uh, issues that we talk about and brew and then inhale and get uh, loopy. Yep. And so, forget our titles. And forget, and our, forget titles. our titles. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. And be sure to have a happy Thanksgiving. And try not to appropriate anyone's culture during that Thanksgiving. <laughs>